I don't know how to interpretate that. Interpretate. I made a word, dude. I'm back. They say home is where the heart is. So I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 59 of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? I don't know how to interpretate that. Interpretate. I made a word, dude. I'm back. Yes. Interpret that. Interpretate. <laughs> that was the first one misinterpreted. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. That's, I, apparently, that's just the word I struggle with the most. Interpretate. <laughs> oh, fuck. Cut it out. We'll start from the beginning. Uh, welcome oh, to yeah. episode 59 of W Negative. I'm Chris. No, good, good luck, but I'm the one editing this, so that's not, no. Yeah, no, I know. It was worth a shot, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how to interpretate that. I don't know if you're excited, pumped, sad, mad. Um, many uh, things that sound could be. I'm a fucked up guy, Chris. And uh, uh, like we said before this, I'm ready to get into it. But uh, let's it's relationship related and it's been pretty tumultuous but um let's lighten the mood first with some some other things i heard you went to the doctor lately recently (laughs) there you go yeah i did go to the doctor and um as you know i don't go to the doctor often so um i don't really know how to act when i'm in there um so i go in did you start jerking off or something yeah, and he, he was like, dude, pull your pants up. No, the exact opposite. So I um he was jerking off. He was jerking off. <laughs> yeah, he's jerking off. Um, so I go in and you know, he's talking, me and this guy are getting along. Good, good dude. I uh enjoyed talking to him. And you know, he's like, Oh, is this your fighting weight? Like, yeah, you know, just being like the guy, and I'm like, no, I like to be a little lighter, blah, blah, blah. So I tell him how I think I have a hernia and he's like, Oh, actually let me back up a little bit. The nurse comes in. She's like, all right, just, uh, I'm wearing a hoodie and a shirt. She's like, just take your top off and lay down and I'll be right back in. So I'm like, all right, she must be in just my sweatshirt. There's no way I'm taking the shirt off. I take the sweatshirt off and I sit there. She goes, Oh no, take all of it off. And I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like I don't look good naked right now take the top off and it's just awkward. I'm like, Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So they're doing like the EKG on me and I'm a hairy fuck. And she's trying to put these things on my chest. Um, and then just falling off because I'm so hairy and you know, me, people who listen, know me. I have anxiety. This is a nightmare in my head this whole time. I'm just like, fuck, 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 fuck. This is awful. She leaves, whatever. It's fine. Get the EKG done. Small part of the story but just a little awkward tidbit where I didn't know how many layers of clothing I needed to take off my person. Mm. Mm -hmm. So this is why I don't go to the doctors. Or were you maybe just being a little coy? Like maybe you knew that she wanted the shirt off too, but you wanted her to work for it. Yeah. I'm not going to give it up that easy. No, you got to work (laughs) for it. Yeah. So then the doctor comes in, we're talking and I tell him, I think I might have a hernia because I have, been dealing with that issue for quite some time now. So he's like, all right, I'll check it out. Just uh, pull the pants down. So I'm like, okay. I pull the jeans <laughs> down just a little bit. And he goes, no, everything. 
and I go, okay, and I pull those down like halfway, like right above the shaft, and I go, is this far enough? And it's like, no, 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 you got to pull all the way down, dude. So it was just funny because I was like being coy again, like, hey, yeah, how far you want him oh, yeah. down? It's just me being so oblivious and stupid because I never go to the doctors. I'm just not playing by any of the rules and panicking my head the whole time. But breaking news, do not have a hernia. I just blew out my groin. You blew out your groin. That's the term I'm giving it. He was just like, yeah, you got to just do stuff like mobility exercises, stretches, stuff like that. How was he able to diagnose that? He was putting his hands in my... Do you want me to show you on a doll? Would it be better if I showed you on a doll what he did, where he touched me? So is uh, it still like rolling or what? No, he was just like trying to feel for like a hernia. I guess you can feel for those if you know what you're talking about. And um, couldn't feel one. So he was like, yeah, I think he just really like, messed up your groin here. So well, that's good. It is, is good. So that, yeah, no surgery or anything. So that's good. Yeah. But it still bothers me. It's getting better. That's good. Um, and then, so this comes back to him asking my fight and wait. You know, you can wait at the doctors. Well, hold on one second. I want to go back to the feeling of getting naked in the doctor. Yeah, I guess when they're trying to diagnose a hernia, they jerk you off for a while, and like that's how they diagnose. I don't. I've never. I didn't know that. But that's what happened at my appointment. The first time I had that, what we all get that when we're like thirteen or something, right? Well, they touch uh, your the, the hernia uh, your, check. Your tidbits? No, I don't. Maybe that could have been my first one. Did you never have that when you um, they like cup your balls and you have to cough? I don't know if that's a hernia check. Is that a hernia check? I think so. Uh, this could be misinformation. Or my doctor molested me. Well, I, um, I think we're uncovering something here because why would it be like a, a yearly thing where you're like, ah, no hernia, I guess you're good. No, I definitely got my balls cupped and I coughed, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's a hernia check. I think that's like a hey, no testing cancer. I don't know. I, I whatever it was, I was angry. Like I think I knew it was going to happen, or maybe I didn't, but I remember I was just angry on the verge of tears after it happened. This I'm like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to steal something from the doctor's office. I was with my mom and I was like, I want to steal something. I think I stole like slippy, speedy, whatever. It's because he touched um, your private parts? Yeah, I was mad. Because those are your private parts. They're not for anyone that you don't want them to touch. Yeah, I guess what I was. A little bit first, of that. Like when you were telling your thing about getting naked and all that, I guess what I was thinking is like, we're, we're really uncomfortable with nudity especially our own um i don't know if it's as a society or what but the fact that like even even in a doctor's office we're just like not comfortable with it i think it's um for me it, it comes down to a couple things one i'm not confident with how i look naked and two um just feeling very vulnerable when you are naked so say you were like someone were to break into your villa right and you're fully clothed stop right there someone were to break into your villa and you're completely naked, stop right there. Which one are you feeling more confident in? Of course, when I'm naked. You really fucked me here. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I, I get your point. I get your point, but it's like... In a I just feel office, vulnerable. I got my sensitive different. bits exposed. Yeah, but... Well, the first thing you said is more telling anyway. Like, 
you're not comfortable with how you look naked, why does that matter in a doctor's office? You're not trying to impress anybody. But no, but I it's feel just... I feel the same way. It's it's a it's a thing. It's a yeah, it's an interesting thing. I wonder how many people feel like that. Maybe it's one of those things where you want someone to like what when you're not very confident in yourself, you kind of make assumptions of what other people think of you. Yeah. I think like especially me where right now weight and just everything right now is a concern for me with how I look. So I'm constantly thinking, oh, they're thinking, oh, he's a fat piece of shit, or oh, he gained weight. I always have that thought in the back of my head. And it's the same in the reverse, too. Like, if I lose some weight, I'm like, oh, they're probably thinking he's looking better right now. It's just a mind game that I'm playing with myself that no one's actually really even thinking about. And I know, I know that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, can't, I can't combat it, though. That's, those are just natural thoughts to have, I think. I, I wonder... I wonder, like, across cultures especially, like, uh, if there would be different cultures that feel that less, uh, more comfortable with themselves naked. I don't know. Just a, just a thought that came to mind. But, yeah, I got the same thing. Yeah. It's one of those things where I guess with your kind of tidbit there about other cultures is gaining that, like, comfort level with being naked so it's one thing that we're told like oh you can't see this it's not on tv no no no, that's inappropriate that's inappropriate so we think oh no that's inappropriate i can't show that like that's that's a sacred piece of my body that no one else can see that's kind of the that's kind of what's put on nudity as a whole i feel from very young where you can't show those and like shame too yeah that there's something wrong with being naked and there's something that other people shouldn't see don't want to see uh and then that coupled with the body image issues where i mean i don't even i don't even know where that comes from the obvious cliche answer is the media or whatever but yeah but just the idea that we're not good enough and that our naked bodies are something shameful and it's like uh yeah even if even if you've got a fucking groin problem you're still like you sure you want to see it? I don't yeah. think you want to see it. <laughs> I'm looking out for you here, Doc. Like, yeah. Good luck having lunch. I hope you already ate because it's not going to be easy yeah. going down after this one. Yeah. So, um, other than doctors, though, other breaking news. I bought a bidet. Uh, welcome aboard, Chris. Yeah. And, it's really pissing me off because I have not used it yet and I got it Sunday. It is Thursday for those of you who aren't near Kyle. So you haven't installed it or you just have not had a movement? I've installed it and I've had movements, but all my movements happen to happen at work. So I'm getting pissed off. I want to use the goddamn bidet. I'm getting upset. Michelle loves the thing. She laughed at me. I was like joking around, like, I want a bidet, let's order one. And then she went shopping, saw that they had one at the store she was at, bought it, and was like, see, I'm always thinking of you. <laughs> and, you know, she laughed at me, and then I showed it to her, and then she used it, and she was like, hey, I gotta say, that's a 10 out of 10. Like, squeaky clean. And I'm so excited to use the fucker, but I just haven't had to go while I'm home. Well, first of all, the weekend's coming, buddy. So you'll have your chance soon enough. I know. I've, what happens. It makes the weekends that much more special. Like, 
this is a big weekend for me. I get to clean. You... I've never used never... one before. No, not with, the, not with the dirty. Not with the dirty behind. I've, uh, I, 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 I'll be honest. I set it up. I just wanted to give myself a little test run. So I sat, gave it a squirt, and went, oh, okay. That's what it feels like. So I'm ready because I don't want to, you know, have a mess down there and then be surprised. I want to be prepared when it comes. Well, yeah. Well, funny enough, my dad even used one for the first time in his life when he was here. And uh, good reviews. I thought that if there was anyone, I actually, I got to say, I underestimated my dad quite a bit in his adventurousness. And that's a, that's a weird way to talk about bidets. But yeah, because you uh, started with him spraying something in his asshole and then talked about how <laughs> adventurous he was. So um, this maybe not a weird incest sex trip. It was uh, <laughs> just mark down the time in case you need to cut this out. It's yeah yeah okay go on <laughs> no so in general i guess i had this um preconception of my dad is like very set in his ways american not open to new things but uh in general i was just wrong like uh, he tried indonesian food uh he tried a lot of different food and then uh i, I kind of thought he was going to be like the bidet like no why would i do that but he he, he used it and he said he liked it um in America, that's an exit only. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think anyone that actually uses it with an open mind is going to find it some massive improvement. I don't think there's any possible way to not see it as an improvement. Yeah. I'm, you know, saving trees and saving time. You got to be efficient here. You and know? introducing a whole new level of cleanliness, too, because. If you're just using toilet paper with no water or wetness whatsoever, I don't know if you're really getting the job done. No. And you know what? If having a squeaky clean asshole is wrong, I don't want to be right. There you go. Yeah. Um, so enough about my bidet and my doctor's appointment. What was the sound effect? I mean, can you at least describe where that sound effect was coming from a place of anger a place of frustration a place of i don't know what to do where is it coming from frustration and i don't know what to do yeah okay so i kind of know a little bit about what's going on uh in your life but not really recent updates do you want to kind of set the table for us here yeah it's a big table to set especially because uh, we did record a podcast about the first part, but it was not released and uh, it might be at a later date. I'm not sure. Yeah. But if it is, it's on the Patreon, patreon.com slash W negative. Great content. Go on. So let's see. It's May 20 now. Mm -hmm. Damn. It's been a little while already. Wow. No, it is crazy because we had the guest last week, Josh, our good friend, Josh. So it feels oh, yeah. like we haven't had one of these talks in almost two weeks now. We haven't. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a lot of things happened in my life. And the biggest one for me emotionally anyway was um, I started feeling, I guess, about a month ago now. It's pretty crazy. But I started feeling like I couldn't stay in my relationship. And right now I'm just going to set the table. I'll just say the events. Uh, but we can get into the whys and all that after. Um, 
yeah, I started feeling like I couldn't be in a relationship anymore. And I broke up with my girlfriend. Um, yeah, right at the beginning of this month, at the beginning of May. And it was very emotional. And uh, I did my best to do it in a considerate way. But looking back on it, well, especially from her perceptions and those of her friends, I completely failed. And then uh, immediately after, and this was also while my, my dad and my sister were here. So I, I broke up with her while my dad and my sister were here. I think that probably had a influence one way or the other. Anyway. I just want to interject with, influence, yeah. not in the way of they agreed with you, but influence in the way of you're more comfortable because you have a support group around, right? Not, I don't know. There could, there could be a number of ways to, I don't even know exactly, but I, I have a number of hypotheses. Uh, hypotheses. hypotheses? Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, broke up with her and then immediately started regretting it. Like really hardcore. And I wrote her a long email telling her that I regretted it and that I wanted her back. Um, and we did meet and we got back together. And that was about a week after I broke up with her. So I guess that means we've been back together for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And um, since then, it's still really hard. I'm still like, I don't know what's going on in my mind. And you and I talked a little bit about this. I think that's probably the direction to go. Um, but I feel pretty awful about feeling the way I do, especially because, um, I mean, in, in, oh, so to back up to the other podcast we recorded that we haven't released yet, I, I was basically telling you about the breakup. Yeah. Right. Now, just from your memory of that, did I say anything negative about her at all? And just tell the truth. I don't, I don't, I don't remember if I did or not. No, you were very, you, you spoke very highly of her. There was one moment where you said, I don't know why I'm doing this. If someone were to put a gun to my head and said, you have to pick one person to be with, she would be a fantastic option to do that. You spoke very highly of her. Damn. Yeah. So why did I do all of this? Why did I break up with her? Why did I get back together with her? And then why am I still feeling unsure? And, um, and a lot of the shame and the guilt comes from putting her through this right now because she's along for the ride. And uh, I've been, I don't even know where to start, Chris. I'm, yeah, sure there's like, a, I'm sure there's a lot of unknown for her too at the moment mm -hmm. where, all right, he just wanted to break up with me. We broke up. Now he wants to get back together. Who's to say he doesn't change his mind again in a week? So this is a very high anxiety time for both of you because Think about what you're going through in your head right now and then probably multiply that by two because she's also going through that same thought process of what is he thinking? What's he going to do? But it's elevated almost because it's disconnected in a way. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. I'm actually not sure because she just seems so solid about it. And uh, I think we got to get to the thing, the attachment style thing in a second here. But 
yeah, I think we just got to go into that right now because it'll it'll kind of help explain everything else. Okay, before we go any further, are you sure you're going to be able to release this? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure because a lot of emotions. Yeah. I mean, I've done it multiple times with us where I was very confident in what I was saying and then thought maybe I shouldn't say that on a podcast. I mean, we've both had we have quite a few like just lost episodes now that I think about it. There's a handful. Yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of comes with the territory of doing a podcast where we talk very openly and we get vulnerable on here. So I'm not discouraging you from talking about it. I just want to make sure you're going to be okay with it. No, actually, that's a useful thing to say right now because I might have forgotten this and I think it's important. It's like um, anything I say now, I've actually already shared with her as part of this process of trying to figure things out. And I even asked her last night, I said, um, is it okay if I talk about this on the podcast? And she said, yeah. So all, okay. anything I say here is we've, we've been talking a lot and that's part of it. You just got really dark by the way. Oh, sorry. I um, was checking the audacity to see if I was recording the audio, which I'm not. So late again. Okay. Sorry. So after I broke up with her, I don't know, maybe I could go back into why, but no, this, that'll, that'll be contained in this. I started like trying to figure out why I am the way I am. I mean, I, I do this anyway, but one thing was in my mind that I, we may have even talked about on the podcast before, but it's like this pop psych one-on-one, but it's not pop psych. It's called uh, attachment styles. Do you think we've talked about this in the podcast or not? No, we haven't. Is this the quiz you had me take? Yes. Yeah, we have not talked about it. We talked about talking about it, but we didn't record and talk about it. All right. So this whole concept is, I think it has a lot to do with what's going on with me. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's pretty, it's very well respected in psychology from what I understand. This specific test is very well respected? No. Okay. I was going to say, it seemed like kind of like a I don't want to say a Facebook quiz that you click a link and, oh, see what kind of personality style you are. No, the, the quiz I had you take is very short. Um, I'm sure it's not the real one they would use. No. Okay. But this, this whole concept is called attachment styles. And I believe it came about from uh, a study they did of children um, at some time. It was called the strange situation, the stranger situation. And they had... Um, children with their primary caregiver in a room and they observed children throughout a series of uh, events. So first they observed the children with their primary caregiver. I think it was their mothers probably. I'm just yeah. trying to be PC, but it was probably the children and the mom. And then the mom left. The so they observed the children. And then a stranger walks into the room. I don't think the stranger did anything. That'd be fucked up. Um, the stranger left the room and then the mom came back into the room. And by observing the way the children behaved throughout the series of sequences, they were able to develop this theory of attachment styles. And they said there's a number of different attachment styles. There's the children who are securely attached who behave appropriately. The mom leaves, they cry or whatever, the stranger comes in, they're a little bit weird, whatever, they behave appropriately. Yep. Then there's the avoidant kids who I don't really know 
about this stuff, but there's avoidant and then there's anxious. And those kids act a little bit differently. The idea is that this all comes from our childhood. Um, we, we developed different strategies for accepting and fearing love. And then this follows us our whole lives. And um, I never really looked into it in terms of myself, but now after doing so, it, it looks like I'm pretty avoidant. Yeah. And what that means is that it's difficult for me to form deep, meaningful, loving relationships. Um, I tend to run away from them. Interesting that I'm on the other side of the world talking to you right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the more I learned about this, the more I realized that it might have some influence over my actions. And, and one thing I should say here before I kind of cut this rant off is the emotions I was going through and still am are very complex because on the one hand, I really want connection and love. I really want that. But on the other, I feel like I have to run away from it because I feel like I'm being smothered I'm losing my identity. My freedom is being compromised. So that causes me to run. But then when I broke up with her, I was just filled with regret. And I just was like, why did I throw that love away? So it's these two very conflicting feelings that contradict each other severely. It's like and, you can't uh, find the happy medium between those two things. No. At all. No. And that's what I'm going through on a daily basis now. And I've, I've communicated this with her. And I, th I think that's part of trying to get better. And that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to do is, is get better. But I'm, I'm trying to express my feelings more now. And I'm, I'm telling her, like, on a daily basis, I might want to break up with her in the morning. Then in the afternoon, I'm like, we have a good thing going. And then later on, I want to break up with her again. It's, it's really fucked up. It is. And it's almost like... So taking what you said, I, I, it does sound like you are kind of making progress with it because when you have that kind of avoidant personality type, you have a shield up and you don't want to let people in. And it sounds like you're having open conversations with her and you're kind of letting her in a bit and you're being completely open and honest with her. So although it's scary right now and seems counterproductive because you being open and honest is um, probably not not saying it's not conducive, but it's not an ideal relationship, what you're talking about right now, where you're kind of like not sure if you want to be with her, then going through these phases throughout the day. But you are being open and honest about it. So I think that's kind of a step in the right direction in taking that shield down that you have up. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And dude, I totally get what you're hinting at. It's like, this is fucked up for her. Yeah. And part of me, there's a big part of me, to be honest, that just wants her to say, it's almost like I want her to do it for me and say, like, this is not good for me. I got to respect myself and I got to leave you. Um, because I, if I was her, I don't think I could put up with it. I, I don't know. But she's just like, I support you. I want to, you know, she says, and, and, and part of part of what I'm communicating to her is that, yeah, it's very likely that 
I'll feel that way again and do it again. Like, do you understand that? That this is this, this something caused me to break up with you and that it might happen again. And she just keeps saying she understands it. She was willing to accept the risk. She's willing to help me through it. Like as supportive as you could possibly imagine. So what does all of that tell you about how deeply she feels for you, Kyle? Can you appreciate how much Tika loves you and, you know, is willing to take that risk to sacrifice her own mental well-being and her own feelings just for a chance to be with you? Do you, do you understand and appreciate that as much as you should? Because I don't think you do. Because that's a lot for her. And this isn't me like choosing sides, coming at you in a certain way, but I just want you to take a moment and realize what she's doing to herself to benefit you. Yeah, I guess I always tend to view it through my fear. And the way I view it is like, damn, she loves me that much. Now I'm even more afraid of hurting her. So I'm not really viewing it through the positive light that you're mentioning. I, I would probably do well to, to look at it more from that angle. But yeah, I, I see it. I definitely see it. So this is kind of like when you have those negative thoughts going into a certain experience, not even a relationship. This movie is going to suck. People want to go see a movie, you and your friends. You have no interest in seeing the movie, so all you do is talk shit about it. Before you get to the movie, you're just picking it apart, looking at negative reviews. You cannot wait to see this movie, just the shit on it. You go. It's actually a good movie, but you've gone in with those that preconditioned to think this is going to be absolutely terrible because of what someone else said, and you're letting those opinions kind of base how you feel about something. So these are your own opinions that you're having feeling that way but you're kind of poisoning the reality of the situation with that negative outlook by starting off on the negative oh i, I i'm just gonna hurt her more the, the fact that she feels this way like it's just gonna be harder for me to hurt her why don't you why don't I just appreciate it rather than looking that at easy that, huh no well i mean it's not that easy but have you taken the time to try to focus on the positive aspect of these things or is it just impossible for you? It just goes back and forth. Yeah. Pretty hardcore, pretty hardcore where there's obvious reason I'm struggling with it so much. If I didn't feel the way I do about her and view her as such a, a fantastic girl then there's no way i would have gotten back together with her and still be going through it um but i do um but i think that says something too of course it does because although you're kind of the one in the driver's seat right now this isn't an easy trip to sound kind of corny not an easy drive you know, a lot of twists and turns in the road. You're putting yourself through mental hula hoops too at the moment. But you're willing to go through that to make this work. Potentially. Yeah, there's this um 
there's this kind of awareness that I've been in a cycle for my entire adult life with relationships that yeah ever since my first really serious girlfriend I kind of do the same thing where I fall very hard um yeah so I, I've explained my relationship philosophies before that I'm, I'm not really sure about monogamy that blah 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 I, I don't even maybe maybe that comes from the avoidant thing or maybe it's logical I don't know that's how fucked up this thing is that I don't even know what's real anymore so anyway I'm you think it might be a habit or a thought that you've kind of forced yourself into keeping I don't know, man. I, I also really believe it, too. Yeah. On, on some deep level. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not questioning your actual belief in it, but just the question I have to ask. I, I don't know. It, it's easy to convince yourself something is right for you when it's not. I don't know. But, any, but anyway, so the cycle is like I'll, I'll either be dating a lot or I'll just be single or whatever. And then I meet some girl and then I really fall in love. And then even though I have those doubts about long-term relationships in my mind, the emotion of the moment and my willingness to try again, I guess like this deep down hopeless romantic or something, I kind of push that aside, get into the relationship. And then when the newness wears off, I just want to be free again. And then the cycle continues. And that's, that's kind of what I've experienced for a number of years in a number of relationships and there's kind of it's kind of the awareness of that and then the the awareness of like do i want to keep doing that is that right and and that's kind of what you're getting into too is that i don't know there's one part of me that says well that's just how it goes yeah like if if the if the alternative is being in a relationship that doesn't make me happy and then i make her unhappy too then i should just go through that cycle again or maybe just be more careful next time or or something like that. But then there's this whole other narrative that I'm learning about now that's like, well, you can heal your attachment style. You could be, you could learn to have healthy relationships. I don't even know if that's true. And if that is true, I, I guess that's what I'm trying to explore now because this seems worth it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just totally discombobulated. I'm totally confused. Um, For some, it may be true. It's uh, on a case-by-case basis. We talk about how complex human beings are and different thoughts, beliefs, feelings, how you handle and process things. I'm sure it's possible for some, but I'm not going to say... I will say it's not likely for all people to be able to heal their, you know, dismissant, avoidant, I forgot what you referred to it as. Attachment. Attachment style. style. Yeah. So I'm sure it's possible for some, but not all. Um, so well, let's, um, let's shift the spotlight over to you for a second, because you took the quiz and uh, your results were interesting. The same as yours. Dismiss it. Avoid it. And yeah, you, you mentioned it earlier. I want to say it again. The test was very brief uh self-reported it's a, it's a stupid online quiz but it says something why do you think you got that result or like what you remember the questions in it too right like what what do you think led to that why do you think you got that yeah so i kind of want to talk first about my thoughts on the types of questions they were asking and where there are kind of holes in it 
Um, okay. So in my situation specifically, it kind of talks about your parents, um, how they were, how they treated you, how, you know, how they reacted to certain situations. So mine had a pretty dramatic shift. So you could almost split my life into two halves. Like, and I don't know if it's because I block out the bad parts from when I was really young, but early childhood, I don't remember having any issues with my family. And that could just be me being naive, me not truly understanding the situation I was in, but I don't have many problems with how I was raised at the very beginning of my childhood. But it kind of shifted and things got really, really bad, really, really quick. And it could have either gotten bad and it was noticeable, or it could have been bad and I just grew up enough and understood the situation more to know that it was a bad situation. It's impossible for me to say because I don't have highlight tapes from my childhood. It could have been good and then shifted and got bad, or it could have been bad the whole time and I just grew up and realized, okay, this is not a good situation. Um, so I'm not entirely sure. So the quiz is very general. So there were questions about, like, were your parents present at certain events in your life? And for me, I was thinking, well, yeah, for this part, but it seemed like it kind of trailed off towards the second half of my childhood. Or, well, they were good some of the time and bad at the time and bad at sometimes. So it was very tough for me to have an absolute answer to any of these questions. Well, not any, but a lot of these questions because it was so general as if the childhood is consistently good or consistently bad all the way through. So there was no way for me to actually gauge bad, good, you know? Right. Well, I, I dealt with the same, the same thing as you. And I think most people will have something similar. And I think that's why the questions are, the answers are on that scale that so many other tests utilize. It's like strongly disagree, moderately disagree, slightly disagree, neither agree nor disagree, slightly agree, etc. So when I had that same type of feeling um, towards my parents, I would have to say neither agree nor disagree. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you probably picked that option quite a bit. I was more leaning towards the negative side of agree yeah. or disagree. Because sometimes it was, were they bad or were they good? Like it was, it wasn't always like, they're great at this, great at this, great at this. It was, did they show up here? Were they not present here? So it was, agree wasn't always bad or good and vice versa. I could be totally wrong about this too, but my inclination is to say that it's, it's more about your general feeling than the actual facts too. So you, you might have this, this uh, idea that you have to get it exactly right and say, well, no, my, my dad was there at my baseball games and then, and, but, but it's more about the feeling was he there or not. And yeah, there's the, the, the test breaks it down for different individuals. So you have your mother figure, your father figure, your significant other, um, and then I, I took another test last night, has it for your friends too. So you have different uh, attachment styles for each person, but it, it forms a, a more general picture. And some of the, the factors are 
Do you feel comfortable opening up with them? Uh, do you feel you can depend on them? Um, does it help to seek them out in times of need? And these questions, oh, do you feel like they're going to abandon you? Do you feel, do you ever worry that they don't care as much about you as you care about them? Um, yeah, and your answers to these questions form this general picture of how attached you are to them and if you're secure in that attachment. So the test that I had you take, it did the same thing. So you, you, you should have gotten a result for your mother, your father, and then your significant other significant other um maybe i didn't read yeah. all the results but i just had dismissant avoidant but because my answers for my parents and my wife are completely different i wonder then maybe you're securely attached to your wife but you weren't to your parents um i could see that i feel like i pretty confidently and comfortably detached from my parents when i had to but one of my fears is, you know, when something does inevitably happen to them, is that going to reopen a bunch of stuff that I've just been avoiding for years? Yeah. Because there's no way to know. Like right now I feel fine, but there are certain times where I'm like, oh man, that kind of bums me out. So when something does happen, is it going to come full blast back all the way and not just in certain moments? Have you ever tried purposely going into that type of feeling? Like, uh, like envisioning it happening and then sitting in it? Um, so kind of, but on a different scale. And this actually happened a few days ago. So I was listening to Two Bears, One Cave. I don't listen to that regularly, but Chris Stefano was on with Burt Kreischer. And they started talking about their kids, and they both started crying as they were talking about their kids. Um, Chris was just talking about how he's seeing his daughter's life through a FaceTime. Like, he hasn't been able to go to the swim meets and, like, what his career has cost him as far as, like, his family life. And they both just started crying talking about their kids, and I was like, damn, why don't my parents feel that way about me? And I kind of sat in that for a little bit, but it did pass. And to tie that back into the quiz, dismiss and avoidant, I hadn't brought that up with Michelle at all. I haven't told that to anyone. I'm saying it now for the first time out loud. But that's something I sat in the other day was like, what was I doing wrong? Or why don't my parents feel that way about me where they want to be involved. It's interesting you bring that up too, because in my Googling and YouTubing now about all this shit, one thing that comes up a lot is uh, ideal parents visualization. I did this meditation uh, a couple of days ago where the whole point is to imagine your ideal parents um and just imagine them interacting with you and you feeling safe and secure and blah 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 and um it's kind of powerful yeah well i would like to see some of that if you want to send it over 
I'll send it over to you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that'd be interesting. Yeah, but it's like it's certain moments. And it doesn't happen very often, but there are times where I think about it and it passes very quickly. So it's one of those things where I have no idea how I'm going to react when a major life event happens. Mm. That's kind of scary sometimes. Would it be more scary if you were to have that big, significant reaction that you were talking about or if you felt nothing? I really don't know. That's both. I feel like both of them are pretty terrifying. Hmm. Um, the feeling nothing part would probably be the most ideal. <laughs> as awful as that sounds but because if you're feeling something like some of it might be regret and then blaming my own self for certain things when i really shouldn't but in a time like that it's impossible not to i feel i should have done this i should have done that and it's very easy to go to that but you know when you look at it in the grand scheme of things and not in this certain situation this specific part in the timeline you understand that you did that for your own benefit. It's, and it's hard to go back and realize that you did the right thing for you at the time and there's nothing you could have done. It's very hard to convince yourself of that. And I don't know if it's possible to convince yourself of that in that time, like when a significant life event happens, like a death or something. Yeah, and I think that goes hand in hand with what I'm trying to figure out now because, and this actually, this goes back to some things that we've been talking about for a while about just looking things up on the internet and how you'll find everything, good and bad. And you're, you're asking right now, is it possible to kind of get over that? Yeah. Yeah. In my Googling, like this very specific thing, healing, dismissive, avoid, avoidant attachment. There's a multitude of videos to say, I healed it. Here's how you do it. And then there's very well-respected psychologists that say, you cannot heal it. With very- my little knowledge, I, I kind of lean towards the scientists that say there's no way you can heal it. I have a very pessimistic bias, and that is the way... I tend to lean to, and that sucks. Um, I do want to say, though, just because you can't heal that, you know, attachment style doesn't mean you can't have a successful relationship. I don't know if you have any basis for that. Just trust me, Kyle. When have I gone wrong? When have I stayed wrong? So this is a topic that um, I'm probably going to go way more into on the Patreon, but I can just introduce it here. But um, it's very interesting to see yourself villainized a little bit on comments and just social media discussions where, like, just not myself personally, but on YouTube videos and Reddit and stuff, you'll see so many people say, never date a dismissive avoidant. This is what you're in for. 
and they say they they pull you in and they push you away. And there's there's a number of comments I was reading that sound very intelligent and experienced. They sound like they know what they're talking about. And they just say, if you decide to be with a dismissive avoidant long term, this is what's going to happen. They can try to heal and maybe they'll get a little bit better. But every time they get better, they're going to push you away. And um, yeah, they, they, they're just kind of saying, if you can accept that, then okay, enjoy your relationship. But that's how it's going to be. And that's, yeah, I want to make that clear. That's one thing that I'm just terrified of. And like, I, this whole thing is extremely selfish. It's all about my feelings and everything. But I am thinking about Tika throughout this all too. And it's like, I don't want to put her through that. Yeah, but I don't think you need to take that as gospel, though. We talk about how people are very complex. Everyone's different. We're all snowflakes. Like, just because someone said that and it seems accurate to you up to this point doesn't mean it's not going to change. Human beings are very fluid. Didn't you just say you? Well, you can't heal. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. You cannot heal the, the some certain things that are ingrained early on in childhood. But I'll get. I'm leaving because I'm wrong. I, I I know that I'm saying things that are contradicting what I just said. So I'm gonna leave. I just contradicted you, myself 100. You and your fucking snowflake bullshit. So this has been episode 59. Follow us on Instagram. W negative pod. Uh, email us wnegativepod at gmail.com neurohacker.com slash wnegative if you want 15% off your supplements. Do we still have that? I don't think so. No. No, no. Actually, we got an email saying, like, dude, you've done nothing. <laughs> yeah, because we we didn't... We bleeped it out every time we mentioned it on the pod. Do they know that, though? Some, I hope they have someone listening just going, what the fuck? <laughs> like, just, what a waste of time for that guy. To listen yeah. to our podcast and realize that we're bleeping out Neurohacker. Yeah. By the way, you got to bleep these out. Wait, really? No. I'm not going to do that. Fuck that. Yeah. No. Fuck that. We let it fly. But so sorry, we are. Sorry for contradicting myself. I think I, that, that no. seems like a big joke, but I also think you are or not. No, we don't need to sign off. I don't think you need to. I'm going to stop talking. Because I'm talking myself into a box here. I just got to admit that I contradicted myself and let you take over. And then we'll just start over. We'll start fresh. I, I appreciate you for admitting it. It's just like, that's the shit I'm thinking about every day now. And it's like, that's how complex we are. I felt this way literally two minutes ago. But when we start talking about something else, I feel this way. That's yeah. why it's so difficult. Yeah, and throughout the – when I first broke up with her too, like before I broke up with her and before I got back together with her, I'm seeking counsel from my friends, you included. And I was so wishy-washy and confused about my own feelings that my decisions were heavily influenced based on who I talked to most recently. Really? Yeah. I, I feel was, like I that's something you got to reel in. Yeah, I don't know how though, but – yeah, I would talk to one friend and they would say, well, give it some time. You both need space. Then I would talk to another person. They say, you got you to act on this immediately. And talk to another person back and forth. And I would just be like, yeah, they're right. No, they're right. Yeah, they're right. It's just, 
fuck? Be- because everyone's right in a certain way. It's like when you Google something, you can find something to support whichever side of the argument you want. That's what you were doing, except with people that you know, you're just getting stuff that supported whatever side of the argument they wanted. They probably both had good points. I think when I told you, exactly. when I was talking to you, I said you got to deal with this immediately, but also it could make sense to do it not immediately because of this. So I was very wishy-washy in giving you advice about the situation as well. Yeah. Just overanalyzing things. Not being confident in my decision. And that's where I am now. Yeah. And honestly, I I still got a wishy-washy answer for you. I don't have any sound advice I could give you. Because, like I said, I could sit here and make an argument for both sides of wait it out or, you know, end it now. This is the right move. Um, you wouldn't do that. No. Because I'm a believer in true love, Kyle. You are, though. You are a very romantic guy. I am. I am. I don't show it to my wife. But in theory, I'm pretty real fucking romantic, dude. <laughs> you don't show it? I think you do. I mean, sometimes. I mean, I'm fucking cute. I am. I can be fucking. No argument here. Not like physically, but like I can be fucking cute. But I could be cuter. And that could be the romantic in me. You know? Be cuter. You want to be. You have these ideas. I don't know. I have heard the way you talk about Tika and when you're emotionally at your lowest. I've seen you with Tika. I've seen you without Tika. And I told you this flat out as... You, someone who deals with, you know, very volatile mood, not volatile, but there are times when you're really up, times you're really down, times where you're stable. Um, I feel like that volatility has come down. I don't know if I want to say significantly, but noticeably. You seem more level. I mean, it's clear that you recognize the love that this person gives you. You just have to open yourself, drop that shield, and be willing to give it back and put in the effort to give it back. But that's on you to decide if you want to do that. And no one can make that decision for you. You could ask all of your friends, all of the people closest to you. You ultimately have to come to that decision. And I don't think it should come from anyone else but yourself. In these situations, people like to reach out, get other people's opinions, but I think it's you'll be better off if you sit with it like you asked me with my parents. Sit with it. I mean, really sit with it. See where you were when you decided to break up. See where you were when she took you back. Just kind of look deeper into the emotions you were feeling in those situations and weigh the things out for yourself because no one's going to give you the right answer. Only you can give yourself the right answer. As cliche as that sounds, clip it for the TikTok, but as cliche as that sounds, you have to figure it out for yourself. It's so easy to go out outwards for an answer. 
just I'm begging you not to do that. Yeah, uh, ultimately, you're right, of course. I have had those random fantasies of like, I wish myself from the future would just appear and tell me what to do. Um, I think that's one of the heaviest parts of this whole thing is that there's so much responsibility, I feel. I, I, feel, I feel entirely responsible for, and this, like you said before, I'm focusing on the negative. I'm not, I'm not doing enough of focusing on the positive, but in my mind, I, I'm just full of fear. So I'm, I'm predicting negative outcomes. If I stay with her, here's the negative outcome. If I, if I leave her, here's the negative outcome. And I feel entirely responsible for both of those things. And just to go off on a short tangent, I talked to a good friend who he had a relation, a very serious relationship that ended. He got broke up with, he didn't do the breaking up. And I always kind of thought this and maybe, maybe this is untrue or maybe it depends on the person, but I always thought in theory, it seems to be easier to get broken up with than it see that it is to do the breaking up. And I feel like any is, normal person doesn't want to break someone else's heart and be the the reason yeah. for someone's just fucking miserableness. Another made up word, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, and I don't know why I'm bringing that up exactly. It's just yeah, the the whole responsibility thing, and like I I know it's all on my shoulders, and I think that's what's fucking me up on a daily basis. And I'm just I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying to research things that are going to help me, and I'm yeah, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying. I'm trying, but you're right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm talking to people for advice, but nobody fucking knows. You're absolutely right. Having that responsibility, know, yeah. having that responsibility is the price you pay for being in the driver's seat. Controlling the outcome, that's the price you pay. So, yep. Um, I had this thought earlier in the pod, but I kind of want to bring it back. Um, so you talked about the cycles you go with in all your relationships. You talked about how, you know, at first you fall hard and then you kind of fall out. Do you think you're just really addicted to that beginning phase? And you've never actually given that second, because we, in the podcast that we haven't released, we talk about like kind of phases of the relationship a little bit. I talk about me with my wife, you and your relationships. Um, do you think you're afraid subconsciously to take it to that second phase because you know it doesn't seem like something you want to do based on other people's ideas about the situation like oh yeah never get married kid you know like that negative stereotype and all of that jazz do you think you kind of have that fear in the back of your mind and that's why in all your relationships you kind of run away when it gets to the time where you should be taking those next steps Something like that. Yeah, my first thought goes to it's this cost-benefit analysis of what do I get from this long-term committed loving relationship and what does it cost me? And So when you're doing that cost-benefit analysis, do you do it the same on the other side? Being single, what do I get versus what does it cost me? Do you do that with the other side of of course okay just wanted to clarify that before you went forward yeah and 
I think with my fears, I tend to overemphasize the negative and underemphasize the positive. Probably, I don't know because. But, it, but if you're doing that on both sides, it should kind of level out in the end, no? Yeah, and maybe that's why I broke up with her and then got back together with her, and now I'm unsure. It's just unless you're preconditioned to kind of emphasize the positives and negatives on the other side where it's like, Oh, this positive is, I mean, this means so much to me. This negative doesn't mean that much to me because of, you know, maybe that fear of taking the relationship to the next step. You kind of try to find reasons why breaking up is the better option. Yeah. And it's, it's so heavily dependent on my mood or the way the wind changes. And um, yeah, that's why my, the, the feeling goes it, it really changes like the, the conclusion I reach. It's, it's just this whole thought process that leads me to the, okay, yeah, I just got to end it. It's better for both of us. Or I got to work on myself. I got to stay in this because she's a great girl. And it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm just confused. I think you might be, this is just my opinion. You might be wasting a lot of your mental and emotional energy kind of weighing the pros and cons rather than focusing on the now and enjoying the relationship you're in. Cause that can be taking away from actually enjoying that time together and seeing if this is actually something you want to do and just being present in the moment, which is something we kind of hammer home with the meditation and stuff. Of course I would love to do that. I don't know. It's easier said than done, but um, what I want you to do is kind of separate these thoughts you're having and you know kind of just go through the motions of being in this relationship and really see if it's for you just try to separate that so this is kind of like a an example on a smaller scale you know michelle has asked me a lot like why don't you ever talk about work like you ever get upset at work and i'm just like yeah sometimes so why don't you talk about it well it's because i i'm not at work anymore if I was upset or if I wasn't having a good time at work, I'm not there. So why do I want to carry that along with me into the time I'm supposed to be spending with you and enjoying with you? I'd rather be here doing literally whatever we're doing than discussing the things that were bothering me four hours ago, because those things are over. It's over. It's done with. There's nothing I can do. I'm not going to sit and dwell. I'm just going to enjoy what I'm doing now. And it's not always going to be enjoyment obviously, but just being able to enjoy those moments where you're just together and you're not overanalyzing everything. Of course. Yeah, I know. Try. This is something you, I want you to focus on this week. We used to do challenges on here. It lasted like one week, two weeks. You posted your gut one week. We're supposed to make the beds. We never followed up. We're the king of not following no. up. Johnny never follows it up. One time in the past three years. That's us. Johnny never follows it up. That's us. So this week, and I want you to follow up. I'm going to write it down in my notes. Practice what you're preaching with meditation in your relationship. Being present in the moment.
Okay, I accept. I think it'll be beneficial for you, and I think it'll help that duel you're having in your head. But I want to say my first thought is that it's condescending because of fucking course I'm doing that. But I want to have an open mind and say I'll do it more. You think I'm condescending? Yeah, of course I try to do that, man. But yeah, I'll try more. It is. And I know. Sorry. But I get your point. Your point is well taken. It's yeah, I'm I, I it's still like, dude, the biggest I know that what I'm doing is wrong, like all the overanalyzing. I it's like know telling that, a depressed person not to be depressed. Yeah. You have so much going for you. It's just like that. Yes. Yes. But it yes. Just, it takes practice. I know, you asshole. And there's nothing you can do but try your hardest. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. Yeah, snowflake, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're special. You're unique. Biden 2024. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, everything I say is wrong, dude. I just contradict what I say, and then I say, yeah, you can't tell a depressed person not to be depressed, but be present in the moment when it's hard to be present in the moment. That's why people are so difficult, and that's why you're having such a hard time. Kyle, figure it out. That's all I can say, all right? Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Figure it out. Okay, I will. I'll pick my bootstraps up. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. I think that's that's the saying. All right, my boots will strap me up. Bootstrap yourself up by your pull yourselves and get it done. I'm going to bootstrap a new company this week. That's what you want me to do, right? Bootstrap it. Okay. Yes. Although I did a lot of contradicting, I think this is a a productive talk. And I think it's going to leave you with a lot to think about and a lot to work on and a lot to digest. Yeah, I'm still in it, man. Yeah, And like I said, no one's going to pull you out of it but yourself. You got to look trips. You got to look inward, man. You got to just look inward, man. All right, you've clearly reached your limit. I, I, you know, <laughs> no, just, there's nothing more you got here. <laughs> you just, just got to look inside, man. You'll figure it out, man. I feel like that's kind of just been me the whole time, just like the hippie guy. Yeah, you know, you'll do it, man. No, I, you, you, you do help. You do help, but uh, just um, not significant. Not significantly. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you definitely help significantly. It's just, I do want to emphasize the thing that you kind of realized yourself. As I was saying it. Yeah, it's like. You know, imagine somebody walks in when you're in the doctor's room and you're anxious about taking your clothes off and they're like, stop thinking about taking your clothes off. Just do it, dude. Just do it. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's just the one thing that's like, yeah, can't do that. It's impossible. It is. But I have faith in you. Well, that's nice. Somebody should. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in your corner. You, I'm Chris. cleaning up the cuts. I'm putting the Vaseline on your head. I'm squirting water in your mouth. I'm saying this is what you got to do. That's me. What was the Thank guy's you, name in Rocky? You're Rocky. I'm his trainer. Mickey? I'm Mickey. 
Yep. A Mickey. And, you know, I just kind of want to died. Yeah. In three? Maybe. It's been a while. Mm. I do want to say I do kind of have a bias as the romantic that I want you and Tika to have a relationship and for it to last for a long time. That's my bias. I'm just letting you know my bias after giving you all the information I have in my head. That's. I, think I already a, knew that existed. It's important so. to, you know, kind of say what you want as an end result when giving someone advice. Let's normalize that. What's your bias? Tell me why. Mm. Rather than this is how I feel. Do this, do that, do this, do that. Try this, try that. What's your end goal? Tell me why you think I should get to that end goal. Because that doesn't happen enough. That would be helpful in a number of situations, but I think that it's not advantageous for people to be honest about that. So even if they were doing that, they'd probably lie and tell you a different end goal. Yeah. I'm going to start with, I'm going to do that from now on in every situation I can, and I'll try to mark it Mm -hmm. down so I can then tell everyone on the podcast. I want you to have a clean asshole. So I think you should buy a bidet. I bought a bidet. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be able to use it until probably Saturday because, let's be honest, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to poop. Well, I'm excited for you, buddy. I'm on a clock. I'm excited. Um, Did I – I think I left out a pretty important part, and then we can kind of wrap this up. My work has these Choco fiber bars that help with digestion, and I saw them, and I took a picture, and I sent it to Michelle, and I said – I'm using that goddamn bidet tonight. And it was just a picture of like Metamucil bars, essentially. That was today? Yeah, I sent it to her. But you don't have anything brewing. I didn't actually even take the bars. I just did that to be funny. It's funny. Um, but yeah. I'll, I will report back on the bidet. And if it, trust me, if I don't use it, you'll hear about it. You're gonna. In the same way that you have faith in me, I have faith in your ability to have a movement this weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, instead of dick check-ins, we're doing poop check-ins. We've grown as a podcast. So we're going to do a poop check-in next episode. If you've made it this far, hats off to you. I feel like we've been going for a decent amount of time. One fifteen, maybe? It was a good conversation. Um, we should do this at the beginning of every episode, but I save it until the last minute. Patreon.com. Me and Michelle are doing another episode about our, you know, not going to say, because if you missed the preview, that's on you. Your fault. Um, so you, you're you going to record episode number two, right? You haven't done episode number two yet? No, we're doing it because I think I told you about it a few weeks ago, but she just graduated. Things were busy. Family's been down. It's been a whole thing. But episode two is coming. Good. Looking forward to it. And Kyle's going to be putting more stuff on there regarding the situation we talked about today, I'm sure. So tune in. And I spoke with Nick. He's coming on soon. Nick's coming back. Good. With video. We'll be able to see each other's faces while we have conversations. Next week? I'll set it up for next week. Okay. Yeah. I I need him. You do need him. This is perfect. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. So... Yeah, when Nick comes on, it's just Kyle needs help. That's just going to be the recurring theme of the show. Kyle's going through something. Nick, we fucking need you. Get on here. Kyle's in a burning house. Save him. Yes. 
All right. So thank you for tuning in. I will talk. We will talk to you guys later. Bye. This is the part you cut out. I try to find the stop recording button. I kept that in in the last one. Good. Yeah, we got to make a, I think it's. This is life being bound to 